Hello, and welcome to the Auto Off Topic podcast. I'm your co-host, Andrew, and my other co-host is Brad tonight. Hello, Andrew. I don't think we're both co-hosts. I think it's your show. Yeah, I think we're co-hosts. All right, I'll take it, but... Yeah, so it's the uh, day before Thanksgiving, so I wish everybody happy Thanksgiving. Uh, we're Actually, it's Thanksgiving Eve. It is. Yep, so it's pretty nice. They don't have anything so to we'll, do tomorrow. So released on Thanksgiving. Eat. Yeah, we're going to re- release it on Thanksgiving. So you'll be listening to it maybe while you're eating turkey and ignoring your family? Probably I hope, not. Though. I hope not. I hope not. We're not that important. No. No, we're not. Uh, let's, to start off tonight, I've got some corrections and omissions. So we appreciate it. If you want to email us at autooptopic at gmail.com or message, message us to the Facebook page, which is Auto Off Topic. Keep us honest. Keep us honest, yep. And Plus, we like to learn. Yep. It's always we're into We do cars. like to learn. And, uh, I mean, you can message me uh, on the Instagram account for Auto Off Topic, too, or uh, at Race and Anger, or you can message Brad at TSISS350. Shame us publicly anywhere you would like. Yes. So, uh, first omission is I forgot to thank Cam on the, from the Camden Tub podcast for mentioning us after just our first or second episode. It was a few weeks ago. It was after episode two, yeah. Was it? Yep. And that was really nice, and we appreciate it. Um, the, those guys uh, were an inspiration to us, and they put on a really nice show. And if you don't listen to Camden Tub, you should. They're definitely on iTunes, and they're part of the Hooniverse Podcast Network, so you should definitely yep. listen to them. Excellent show. Lots of poor stuff. Yep. Cam tries to sneak DSM stuff in. He's, yeah. a, he's, he's one of us secretly. Yeah. Uh, also a Mazda guy. Big time Mazda guy. Definitely loves rotaries. Yeah. Um, and so we've got, I guess I'm going to call this a correction. And the other host's name is Brad. Yes. So I Brad, mean, they're automatically Bradley awesome. Brownell. So yeah. don't get that confused with our Brad here. Different brands. Yeah, he's way smarter than me. Yes. Uh, a lot about Porsches. If you want to know anything about Porsches, look up Bradley Brownell. Uh, so the next, uh, I think I'm going to call this a correction and omission. Uh, so in episode one, I talked about visiting the Pearson Auto Museum and uh, taking the vault tour. Uh, they have several heads of state cars, and the limo belonging to Saddam Hussein in the vault is, we were corrected, is a Mercedes-Benz W100 600 long wheelbase Grossa. Maybe I'm saying that wrong, Grossa? G-R-O-S-S-E, Grossa. however you would so pronounce that in German. It, with some sort of I guess German we need a correction on our correction for this one. Yeah, we don't know. I'm not sure how I could say that in German correctly. Groch. Grossa. Grossa. I don't know. Whatever. That's what the car is. Uh, those cars are kind of, I mean, it's funny because they're built from 63 to 81, and they look all the same. Yep. Like, they never change them. Uh, and we were correct. They were all hydraulically operated. Yeah, that windows and all. Yep. Uh, and also of note, Elvis owned one, and it is on public display at Graceland. And we just want to thank uh, listener Jeremy Perrin for that fact check. Thank you, Jeremy. Thanks. He's a big German car fan. Yes, he is. Personal friend of the show. Yep. Local guy. Uh, And uh, so the beer we've got this week is uh, Anderson Valley Blood Orange Goza. Not gross, eh? Nope. Not gross. Not or goes. I kept, when I first saw these types of beers, I kept calling them goes. Or goose. Or goose. But apparently it's that the German pronunciation is Goza. Which is like some word for a sour? It's from, I looked it up, it's from the region that they originated in in Germany. Okay. And the water that was used was from the river Goza, I believe, if I'm I'm interpreting it correctly. And it had a, the river was kind of brackish, so it had a bit of, or, or water from the area, the aquifers had a bit of a salt 
So it's more salty than sweet. Yes, and that's why they have a salty taste, and they're traditionally blue with some coriander in them. That's what makes it goza. Well, this one is delicious. It is delicious because it has the tart from the blood orange, too. And it, I figured it was kind of uh, it's sort of Thanksgiving-y. It kind of reminds me of a cranberry or something. A little bit. Yeah. So that's our uh, that's our beer of the week. Taking a little sip there. Silence for drinking the yep. beer of the week. We're supposed to take a sip at the same time, but whatever. Let's stagger it. Uh, project car updates. Yes, sir. Um, I've got nothing too drastic. I borrowed my dad's pressure washer, and on the garbage Montero, I cleaned off as much mud and dirt off the bottom as I could from all the seasons uh, off-roading and trying to get that truck ready to spray some rust-preventive stuff underneath it to try to preserve it because it's not that rusty. Right, somehow. Yeah, I, well, it came from Colorado, and they don't really use road salt there. It's got some surface rust, but it's not rotted. It's totally solid. Nope, so very wanna, serviceable truck. Yeah, I want to preserve it as best I can. Yeah, we're trying a new product this year, actually, so we'll have to keep you informed on that. It's called um, New Hampshire Oil Undercoating. Like, it's a company's, like... I guess the company's fr- based on New, New Hampshire. Hampshire? Well, that yeah. makes sense, because New Hampshire has such a problem with that. But a friend of mine runs a shop in Merrimack, Mass., um, and he's going to be spraying all of our cars, uh, at least probably four or five cars of podcast members and friends and family of podcast. So we'll have to give you a review on how that goes. Um, it's interesting. It's kind of like the fluid film product. Yeah, that was the other option. I, I did buy some fluid film, and I just never put it on. So, Well, I guess fluid film is good for some touch-ups. I was talking to Jimmy about that, yeah. the guy that owns the shop. Um, he says that... You can use his stuff to touch up, too, but he has it in bulk. It's not something that you can just go down the store and buy. Um, but, like, in the wheel wells where the dirt is constantly being flung up into the wheel yeah. well the whole time you're driving the car, and that's almost like a pressure washer every time you drive in the wet weather, mm-hmm. that will eventually wear off, much like the fluid film was. Yep. And if you have an aerosol can of fluid film, you can touch it up there during, during uh, the year. That's good to know. Yeah. Yeah, because really on that truck, the only rot is in the the quarter panels. Yeah, in which the, is common. In the rear rockers. Which, you know, it's funny as I, I was looking at that and it's rotted, and I'll probably try to have it patched up. It's really not bad. It's small areas. It's small, but it's funny because when you look at a modern car, they've sort of eliminated that part of the body. Mostly, it's it's been replaced with plastic bumper cover, and the, and the rest is inside covered by that bumper cover and fender shields to try to You can't see of, it when it starts getting that way. Oh, yeah, I guess. It just hides it. Yeah, that's true. Um, but did you... You know, the rest of my car is put away for winter, uh, other than the Subaru, which got snow tires. If you are interested about. in trying that out, I want to give my buddy's shop a little plug right here. Okay. Um, it's called Auto Alliance. It's in Merrimack, Massachusetts, uh, yeah. if you're local here. Uh, give him a call. He'll, you know, tell him Brad sent you, and he'll help you out and put the application on your car as well. Yeah. Uh, 978-556-9770. Kind of a free plug for him there. He's a pretty good guy, and uh, he likes old cars, so he's like us. All right, cool. Um, anything? You've done any project car stuff? I don't have a lot of project car stuff this week. I'm waiting on some parts. Um, still, that stupid fuel pressure regulator I think we talked about. Or maybe we didn't. I don't think we did on the stereo. You were trying to remove it, and a bolt just snapped. Correct. Yeah, just it's old just and old. it snapped. Yeah. Um, story and I tried lives. to kind of Mickey Mouse it back together, but it's a fuel pressure regulator. So no matter what I did, it leaked. Yeah. So it is a a Mitsubishi part. It's not like a common universal inline pressure regulator. 
um, and it's got a weird fitting I'm to sure it. I'm sure that they make somebody probably makes some sort of an adapter plate to run an oh, aftermarket absolutely. one. Absolutely. It does exist, but I figured it was easier just to get the correct part. Somebody has to have the stock one that they don't want to use anymore because they put the aftermarket one on. They did. And... I, I purchased one. Okay. And I paid for it. I've just he forgot to ship it out, and I got a message right. from him the other day apologizing. Okay. So was it cheap though? Like he sold me two of them for forty bucks. Oh, there and you go. It's one hundred and seventy-five for a new one. So yeah, it's perfect. It is what it is. And so I, there hasn't been many project car updates other than. But the plan is to put that car, the steering back together. Put the steering back together and use dr- it for the winter and for some rally cross, maybe some autocross, definitely some TSDs. Just have fun with it. Okay. Nothing fancy. Not go through the full restoration. I started on it. Just fix the rust. Maybe plast the dip it, maybe just prime it and just leave it for the winter. Um, not make it super fancy and just enjoy a rear wheel drive car for the winter. So, okay. Uh, as far as project car updates goes, like I said, I haven't done much. A couple of minor things. Um, put cars in storage. But that's about it. <laughs> Did you get the you got the blue seventy eight Colt running though, right? Blue Colt's up and running beautifully. Yep. It's not put away yet because they haven't salted the roads and yet. You're still looking for a head for the Raider. Yes and no. No? Yes, I, I, no? I found one. I haven't pulled the trigger yet. Okay. I want to pull the head off and see how the bottom end of the motor looks just in case. Yeah, it seemed to be I, all right. I mean... There's the one of the mechanical lifters is mushroomed on the bottom. So if the mechanical lifter is mushroomed on the bottom, maybe that means that maybe one of the... You know, maybe, maybe a piston was struck. And I just... I don't want to spend the money on the cylinder head, get it shipped out here, take the car apart, and then have... To realize I need a bottom end as well. If that's the case, I'm just going to go junkyard shopping this winter and find one. Yeah. All right. So. All right. But yeah. that's it. No real that's project it. car updates. But um, we're gonna we're gonna talk about some other stuff. But then something came up. Uh, a very cool thing came up. Uh, a very cl- a very good friend of ours uh, recently purchased what's probably one of the best bargain performance cars right now. A C5 Z06. Yes, 15,000 miles in this car, 15,000 miles Crazy in this car. 2002, range. so it's basically like a time machine back to 2002. Like, I remember, see, I was, you're a little, you're a tiny bit older than me, Brad, but I was, that was, I was graduating high school in 2002. I remember yep. these cars were brand new, reading about them and being like, wow, that's an amazing car. Someday I'll drive one, and it took, you know, 15 years, 14 years, but. But we both got the opportunity in the past few days. Yeah, so you drove it Tuesday night, and I just drove it uh, about an hour before doing this podcast. And, uh, you know, sometimes you're like, uh, maybe, you know, is that car going to live up to my expectations? But the whole don't meet your heroes thing. Yeah. I mean, but we don't, you and I don't have a ton of experience with brand, brand new cars. No, no, we drive old bits of species. Yeah. And I'm sure that, you know, a C6 Z06 is insane. It has to be. It has to be because, uh, the C5 totally reset my, like, what is fast meter? That's coming from us as old Mitsubishi drivers. Yeah. We're a huge car enthusiast. So we've never spent a lot of money on cars, although you did own an STI and I did own an Evo. I owned an Evo, too. Oh, you also owned an Evo. Yeah. Yes, that's true. But those were the fastest cars we've ever those really didn't had a lot have... of experience with. They didn't have the torque. I've Actually, I've never owned a V8 car. So the torque from a V8 car is totally, like the power band is totally different. Yeah, you don't have to wait for it. All of my there. cars have been like, you know, they kind of lug down low. Because they're turbo, I mostly I mostly have turbo cars. They all come to life above three thousand RPMs. But this car, from just you know thousand RPMs, to the, it just has 
torque. I do have a V8 car, and I've had it for a long yeah. time. But I have a carbureted V8 car from the 60s. Yeah. So I have a little experience with the torque, but I don't have any experience with, like, modern tires, a good clutch. Well, the tires aren't car, super modern. But they're more modern than no. the 175s he, on my 68 yeah. Camaro. He, he does have to replace the tires because they are original to the car. Yeah, is, I was a little, little frightened when I hit the gas in third gear. And yeah, it is. was pointing at the trees. Yeah, it's a little sketchy. And, you know, people don't realize that. Even though they don't drive the cars very often, they do need to replace tires. Yeah. Um, but he's going to get gonna get right on that. Well, he's probably going to put the car away because it's supposed to get really crummy tomorrow up here. So he's gonna Is it going to be crummy tomorrow? Yeah, he's going to put the car away basically with the winter. And I'm sure in the spring he's going to get some nice sticky tires on there. He always does. He, yeah. He's always had – he's a big handling person. Yeah. That was the other thing. So – Driving a car with this much power that can actually turn and brake, I mean, I didn't really go crazy with it, but just you could tell that this car is really good. Yeah. We, we probably sound ridiculous to experienced, you know, auto journalists that get to drive new cars all the time. But, you know, as as an aside, you know, I daily drive a 1980 Dodge Colt, and Andrew, you daily drive a 1991 Mitsubishi Montero. Yeah. Or so, 2000 Subaru. Or so. two, which is basically a 1991 <laughs> Mitsubishi Montero. So we don't really have the experience that some others would have. You know, my, my, my wife has a Miata, or had a Miata. We sold it two days ago. So I have some experience with, you know, lightweight, tight-handling cars, but a Miata is no Z06. <laughs> no. And anybody that says that the... I don't care what you want to say about the interior. Yeah, it kind of... It looks like late 90s, early... 2000s GM interior kind of. You know, if you change the radio and the HVAC, exactly. it wouldn't be bad. No. The steering wheel looks way bigger in pictures than it is when you're using it. And the seats are actually comfortable. I found them to be very comfortable. Yeah. I, I did notice like certain things. You know, you'd open the armrest, it creaked like, like a GM car would creak. Yeah, and the seats don't really fit the car, so they rub against the back panel and they squeak. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. It's not a car that you're going to drive every single day. Like, well, you could. You could. Yeah. You definitely could. I mean, that was the other thing. Just driving around at, like, quarter throttle, it was like, man, this just drives like a normal car. Yep. It wasn't tiring at all. No, it was nice. It's a very nice car. It's a, it's a super nice car. So hopefully we'll have more on that in the spring. And We won't be so into it by then, though, because it'll be older by then. Right now we're both just on, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. We're on the high of driving yeah, but, a really cool car that's at the level of something we've never owned but or driven ourselves before. It'll be fun because I'm trying to get my talent together, and uh, I, I like to meet up with him. And uh, we will hopefully do some track night in America events with yep. SCCA, which are really fun if you haven't done those. And then some other time. We know a bunch of people I guess that I do local. get a car to do Yeah, that. we know a bunch of people that do local time trial events. So Maybe the Starian. Track day, bro. Exactly. Yeah. Don't go to that Facebook page. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Moving on. Yeah, speaking of like track day stuff or uh, like super, not even supercars. I guess it's, I'd call that Z06 a sports car. It's not a supercar. No, no, definitely not. Um, well, let's talk about, I guess, the big thing that happened this week to be topical in automotive land or debuted last week. Top Gear. Nope. Nope. The Grand Tour. Don't right. call it Top Gear. Even though, so the top tour, grand, uh, yeah. grand, grand gear. So we're not going to do a full recap episode. You know, it doesn't need to be like you've heard it. If you cared, it, if you care about it, yeah, you, you already it. watched it. Yeah, uh, you know, it doesn't need to be recapped like uh, Walking Dead or something or Westworld, where you're just like lots of crazy shit going on and you're trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, so that's the spoiler alert. If you haven't watched it yet and yet you're listening to Tough. us, 
That's really weird. You should shut this off and go watch. Yeah, exactly. Um, So, man, that first, that opening section of it, I thought was pretty fun. With the three Mustangs? Well, the part with him leaving the BBC, that was a real, that was a nice little thing. And then the part with the three Mustangs. I I have to admit, I didn't even know what that Mustang was he was driving. I had to look it up. What was it? That GT350R. Yeah. It's crazy. You I, didn't know about that? I, I don't the, know much about it. I mean, I know... The flat plane crank and all I that stuff. I know a little bit about it, it's but the, I didn't recognize it. It's the Mustang that everybody was different. I didn't realize the whole car right was now. different. I didn't realize much about the car at all. Yeah. But again, we're not new car people. We no. were just mind blown by a no. 15-year-old Z06. No. No. But that's the Mustang right now that everybody's like, uh, you know, jerking off. Yeah, I'm sure it's a great car, but... And then, uh, but uh, apparently, like, all your prime money, that's where it went. Yeah, they spent a lot of money like on that. That is a lot of money <laughs> spent on that. But it lo- it was worth it. It was that's the one thing I have to say. The the Grand Tour is visually stunning. I mean, it, Top Gear which was, it has to be because Top, Top Gear was, Top Gear was always a beautiful to show. A yeah, and and my impression was that basically all of the TV technology over the last fifteen years, and now you've got four K. I don't have four K TV, but not me either. I, I'm sure that this show looks even better in four K. It looks pretty good on a it ten year really old Vizio. A, yeah, I mean, my, I have a, a much, I have like a two year old Vizio, and it looks really good. So, you know, it, I think that was like all, all of the streaming and TV technology, all the that's it's all gone towards this. It had to be. And, yeah, I started watching it on my tablet. Yeah, um, and I stopped. No, you got to watch it on TV. It's I, I know what did not look the way I wanted no, it to look, no, no, so no. I waited till the next day and no. I watched it on the television. No, and I, you know, I. I thought the editing was really crisp. Um, those on-track scenes with the hypercars. That was cool. That was amazing. I mean, I, The spark I, shots were amazing. Yeah. I got a little annoyed when they kept switching between those filters. Uh, and the they made Instagram it, filters. Yeah. It made it kind of look like film. That was a little annoying, but whatever. Um, I love the American racing driver. Some people don't. I think uh, that was really funny. I think it was too stereotypical. Uh, <laughs> it was a cheap shot. Easy joke. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Uh, Test Track's kind of weird. Made like a big deal out of it. It's like, oh, I like whatever. It. I hope an old lady actually lives in that house. Yeah, I hope so too. Because that makes the story even cooler. If she doesn't live in that house, then the whole story is suspect. Well, yeah, you know, reality I, TV show. I'm sure there's no unexploded World War II bomb in the ground and all that stuff. But maybe. maybe. I really hope an old lady lives in the house. <laughs> and I also want to find out how much it would cost to get on uh, your name here, corner. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm auto, sure it's out of the auto off topic budget, but what a great idea. Corner. The vine corner. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Maybe we'll get all the podcasts together and they just all throw in a dollar or we'd still be a little short. Yeah. Um So generally British humor is really great, right? So you I mean, I know you and I grew up watching Monty Python, Are You Being Served, Faulty Towers. Yep. Faulty Towers especially. But when it doesn't hit It's awkward. It's so awkward. But not the funny awkward like uh Ricky Gervais type awkward. No, just the why did you say that I'm uncomfortable now awkward. Like the stuff that they were doing in the studio with the U.S. Air Force and their fake fighting with the audience. I was like, what is going on? I didn't so much as mind the fake fighting with the audience as I did the killing of all the celebrities. That was really weird. Yeah. Because it it was actually Jeremy Renner. I was like, how much did they pay you just to pretend to fall out of a... It was really strange. I, did, I didn't. I didn't understand that. I felt they could have been doing more with cars. Yeah. I don't know what the segment with celebrities is going to be. If there is going to be one, they might not be able to do one because yeah. of the, the uh, uh, current Top Gear. But whatever. Well, they won't be able to do the same kind of you know yeah. segment, but they'll be able to do something with celebrities. Yeah. 
but you know basically to me well you know i read richard poor's book and on that bombshell yeah we talked about that last week and but he basically equates clarkson ham and may uh and top gear to a band and you know they have like the early years where you've got like those really dedicated fans that knew about it and they play like small clubs and they also didn't experiment much because they were afraid to. Yep. And then they had those middle years where they blow up and they're filling like stadiums. They could do no wrong. Yeah. And they do no wrong. And then you kind of end up with the waning years, which they get fired from the BBC. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the last season or so, Top Gear felt like they really kept recycling stuff. And it was like, eh. well, there's only so much you can do for the car to car shots and the kind of shots you yeah. do. And there's only so many ways and you can destroy a car. And they kept trying to push it and push it and push it, which, you know, and I don't know. I don't know. The, the the Grand Tour, to me, as an overall impression, it was enjoyable. Yeah. It wasn't anything groundbreaking. Nope. It was more of the same with a slightly different twist, yep. which is not a bad thing. Nope. Uh, I, I, what I think, it's basically, if, you're, if you stick with the band comparison, it was basically a new band started by the most successful members of the old band. Okay. Right? So, and then if you equate episodes to albums like what's your best your favorite album or you think this is the best album like i think the botswana special that top gear did back in 2007 yeah where they crossed like part of africa is their best album that's like the best one the Mm -hmm. best episode i've ever seen and that was the show that was like wow top gear is like really really good so i hope that with the budget and being called the grand tour that they are able to do some sort of epic trips like that again well, I feel that with the giant tent setup that they already have, yeah. that they've already planned this. So, yes, and that and that seems. I mean, obviously, be... it's been planned because it's all shot. But I'm looking forward to the episode yeah. with the dune buggies that they kept alluding to. Yep. Just because that's more on our scale of crappy old cars. And like you said, I mean, that's that's the good news, right? Is they didn't change the formula. Like it's the same. No, it's the same. Thing. It's the same. It's just different enough so the BBC can't get mad. Yep. So you know they didn't go totally off base it's just they are want to give the fans what the fans want correct play play the hits yep play the hits i liked it and then you know it was kind of funny sorry you're off mic oh i was off mic sorry so i mistake i actually had (laughs) saved the uh chris evans matt leblanc top gear in my dvr okay and i hadn't watched it yet because the internet told me it was terrible and i was like i don't really want to watch it because i'll just get really angry but as you know, I, I should watch it after watching the Grand Tour and just do like a little back-to-back just to see what it was. Now, I don't know who the hell Chris Evans was at all. Apparently, he's some radio host. He's a BBC guy. From Britain, yeah. and he's, he was very popular. Yeah, I don't know him either. Uh, but he's just like, that first episode, I don't know if you watched it. It might be on demand if you can try to watch it. I have not watched it. He's basically running around like shouting. It's like, is there something wrong with this man's audio? Either he's just really excited or he's just, he's just like running around shouting, who knows? And to be honest with you, I I, I did not watch it because the internet said don't watch it. I think I was turned off by the fact that it had an actor from Friends. He's actually not that bad. I know he's but probably one of the better parts of it. I should watch it because he's used to being on camera. I I, I get that. I, I I get that. I just I never liked him as a as an actor, so I can't imagine him as a host. He's I don't think he's an Oscar winner. No, <laughs> but <laughs> I wasn't saying that at all. <laughs> but I don't think he's a bad guy. I, th- I liked it, and uh, so you know, I wasn't saying I didn't like his acting skill. So that's my opinion here. Contrary to internet opinion, rebooted Top Gear is not that bad. 
I'll play the fifth. I haven't seen it. They kept the formula the same. I thought what Matt LeBlanc did with that Nomad, he raced an aerial Nomad. He didn't race it, but they did like a film. Okay. He kind of screwed around in the desert with it. It looked really good. It was pretty cool. Well, I'm sure a lot of the film crew is the same, so they probably have a lot of the same setup for that yeah, stuff must, from the old, the know. old, the old, the old, the old crew of of Top Gear, I should say. A lot of the the actual yeah. crew themselves. Probably I mean, the same. I mean, look at this. We're so spoiled now. We have so many car shows that we're just. Well, like... I mean, because I after we watched or after I watched um, the Grand Tour, I immediately had a DVR an episode of uh, Drive. Yes, uh, which is an American show that's completely different than Top Gear. But along the same general formula. It does have Chris Harris, which is on Top Gear, rebooted Top Gear. Yes, he is. He makes a joke about that, actually, in that yep. last episode. Yep. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's a fully American-made show. It has, um, you know, Matt Farrer from The Smoking Tire and... Mike Spinelli. Uh, Mike Spinelli. He's from Jalopnik, originally. Originally from Jalopnik, yeah. Uh, and they're all really, like, enthusiastic car people, and they made for... That's that's a, a, and that's it, all I want. It, it's a great show. Yeah, for it's a really th- good show. For a 30-minute show. Or twenty six minutes probably because it's on it cable. Is. All it's, I know is um, I, it, you know, it you, looks really, really good, good too. And, really good, and I hope they keep making it because I will keep watching it. And and you and I being you know into off road driving as amateur off road drivers, amateur overlanders. Yeah, um, we've watched a few overlanding YouTube shows, and this one episode of Drive showed more overlanding than any of those shows. Yeah, I have. so this was the one where they took the E thirty and the Bentley Bontega. But yeah, but Bottega, Bottega. Bontega. Bodega. The, the Bentley Bodega. Yeah. You sell cigarettes out of the back <laughs> of the taxi. Chaliso in it. <laughs> it's the, it's the, and uh, the Jeep, whatever that little tiny Jeep thing Jeep is. Jeep Renegade. Renegade. There you go. It's, it's Which, a great show. It's the, a very entertaining show. The, the really capable Jeep Renegade. Surprisingly, well, it's trailer rated. Yeah. They don't lie. I, the Fiat Jeep is a trailer rated. So, and that, that was really cool, actually. And then those guys that helped, that did help him at the end, though, those were Overlanders. True those, Overland rigs. Yeah, those yeah, are cool looking. Those are real Overland rigs, yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's that's completely off topic, but if you haven't watched The Drive, watch Drive. It's a good show. Yep, you should watch it. Not the movie Drive, which is a fun movie, but not we're not talking about the movie Drive. Some, some people like it. Some people don't. It's a very, I like it's it. a very polarizing movie, yes. It's whatever. It's enjoyable. Um, next topic. Next topic. <laughs> good segue, right? Next topic. Um, well, there's no other way to segue it. No, there really isn't. It's wintertime. It is wintertime. Winter sucks. And we do indoor car stuff. So I've been calling it, I call it I'm going to call it Scale Project Cars. Yes, as you do have your blog you ran for a little while. Yeah. Hashtag Scale Project Cars. Yeah, maybe I should pick that back up. But so we're going we're gonna to pivot, right? And that's what they're calling it now. You pivot. Okay. I'm not moving. Uh, we're going to talk about some indoor car enthusiast activities. Car which is really, activities. which is really what you and I kind of cut our teeth as car people together on. Yeah, because before we could drive, we had no other way. And Correct. It was really before Gran Turismo truly existed. Correct. So we played with model cars. Well, you didn't really play with them; you built them. We built model cars together. We raced slot cars together. That's true. Um, but we're gonna tonight. We're just gonna talk about the 124 scale cars. Plastic. Styrene plastic model cars. Because you could go into so many different things. RC, slot cars, slot RC, cars, video game cars. Th- those are all different stuff. So we're going to keep it just uh, scale cars, try to keep this a little focused. But um, let's see. Brad 
you've been sending me a ton of kid a ton of kits. Nope. <laughs> you've, you've been sending me pictures of a ton of kits that you've been yes, working on. Not lately. kids. Kits. I've not Model been sending kits. you pictures of kids. No children. <laughs> nope. That's not how this works. <laughs> yes, I have. Now, I want to give them a little background on our model kit building that's days. True. I mean, like I said, that's how we kind of started and grew as car enthusiasts together. Uh, for people that don't know, Andrew and I grew up across the street from one another. So we've known each other since we were, well, Andrew was four. Almost 30 years. Yeah, so it's been uh, 30 years of friendship here. Um, but we kind of cut our teeth in the car hobby because our, our fathers were big into vintage cars. Mm-hmm. And they both belonged to the same antique uh, North Shore old car club. Um, so we were always together and we were always in the garage. And then my father introduced me into model cars. I'm sure your father introduced you to model cars. Yep. And then it we was just, mostly from you. Yeah, we just kind of started doing it together. And next thing you know, we have, between the two of us, more than most hobby shops worth of plastic model cars. Yep. And that hasn't changed now in every 30s. Very specific tastes. Uh, you have a more specific taste I than do. I do. Yeah. I'll buy a bunch on, like, a theme sometimes. Well, I'm, again, sitting down here in the, the auto off-topic studio. Yeah, we'll take a picture of it when we're done. Yeah. There's, yeah. A, there's a whole... Uh, there's two of those metal racks that you buy at, like, Lowe's. They kind of like those food storage metal racks that you you know completely filled with filled flat with, box Japanese yeah model filled cars. with all Tamaya kits yeah Fujimis Fujimis Tamayas um, so we started building kits together we kind of used that as how we learned about cars I learned a lot about how the bottom of a car works by assembling them oh, in you plastic definitely do. I mean if if you have a kid who shows any passing interest in automo- automobiles or mechanics or anything. Um, Buy them a plastic model kit. They have some and fairly simple ones. Introduce them to the frustrations of building a plastic yeah. model kit. Yeah, well, they, they, they have some fairly simple ones, so you can start that way. Um, some snap, you know, skill level one snap tight kits. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the kid can build a, a car that he can play with now. The, the new snap tight kits, I've built a few with my daughter. And they're they're pretty robust when you're done. They have metal axles, they roll down the mm-hmm. road. I mean, they're, they're a lot of fun to build. And they, they teach a lot about how the underpinnings of a car work. You know, I. I building them with my daughter i can show her hey this is the axle and this is the spring and this is the engine block and you know keep it fairly basic but at the same time you know she knows a lot more now than she would have without that will it turn her into a car person forever maybe maybe not who knows but it's enjoyable it's fun and when you're done with it you got something to look at Mm -hmm. so that's how we got into it yeah but we basically started with the excuse me with the um American stuff because that was available. Because that was available. Yeah. I mean, you could at the time you could go to a toy store and you could buy a model kit. You can't do that anymore. You still buy a Toys R Us, but they have like three. Yeah, and they're usually movie themed. No, they used to have a bunch. Yes, yeah. so much. Oh, I it remember. They used to have uh, was it Chat? No, it was the one KB Toys. KB Toys. Even Tamaya gets KB Toys eventually. That was like early on. Yeah, I think that was when like MR. This is getting really nerdy. When MRC was distributing, probably those were Fujimi kits. Was Fujimi? I definitely had some Tamaya kits with. MRC oh, stickers really? on them. Maybe the, the, they reboxed Fujimi kits. Yeah. But whatever. Oh, no, but, testers did Fujimi kits. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. I blew it. Sorry. Yep. And then you could, but we'd basically, it was like, this was before it was Revell monogram. So you'd get, you'd get a separate kit would be Revell. Another kit might be monogram. Correct. Even though they're the same company. They weren't at the time. No? They were different companies. Okay. Yeah, that was AMT. AMT. And then MPC. Yeah, MPC. and then AMT and NPC combined. Yeah, there was Revell, there was Monogram, and then Revell and Monogram combined. Is it is it currently just Revell? 
monogram name was dropped. Yeah. Just Ravel, or right. the other way around. No, I think it's just Ravel. Yeah, I think you're right. I'm, I, I can't even remember anymore. It, it doesn't matter. There are... Yeah, it's Ravel. It's definitely Ravel, though. Because I think mostly AMTs were like 125th scale. It depends on the kit. Yeah. It depends on the error it was released. It depends on the kit itself. Oh, yeah. And then you get like the oddball Lindbergh. That'd be like the 120th. 120th scale. Yeah. Yeah. And they're usually not as good. Yeah. Um, now AMT is gone. MPC is gone. What is it now? Is it just Earl? They were. They were. No, Earl's Earl gone. gone. Earl's been gone for a while. They, <laughs> they, to make they, they were bought. All the all the rights and naming rights were bought by a company called Round Two. Yeah, it's some Chinese company. And I now they reproduce. I don't think it's Chinese. Now they're reproducing mm-hmm. all a lot of their. To check old, with my. Yeah, uh, I have to look into that. My uh, diecast expert, I know. Um, but anyway, Round Two re-released all the AMT, the MPC, all the cool old sixties and seventies kits are now coming back out. Which, going into how we even got on this topic tonight, is what got me back into it. Um, you and I have both always bought kits. We haven't always built kits as yep. we've been going along, but we've always bought them. I, the I'm intention a, I'm of building a them. kit collector. Correct. I collect um, interesting model kits so I can look at the boxes on the shelf. Maybe someday build them. <laughs> yeah. There's the potential. The, they op- don't, the option is there. They don't go bad, necessarily. No, as long as they stay damp. It's not, not, not damp. Yeah, exactly. The decals don't get all yeah. ruined. Excuse me. Um, what got me back into it was I was camping in Maine this year. Yeah. Um, but it's not like camping, like you have a trailer that you can't. Yeah, in. we have a trailer yeah. now. You know, like in a tent. We're glamping, I guess yeah. you could call it. Uh, and it was a rainy, crappy weekend, uh, and I did not know what to do. Nobody else was camping other than it was just me and the family. There were no other friends around. It was just us. Um, it was pouring rain. We took a ride into town, which from our campsite is you know, an hour and a half drive. Uh, and it was a Hobby Lobby, you know, and I know some people might not like Hobby Lobby's practices, but hey, they sell model kits. So we went to Hobby Lobby and I saw a model kit of a Chevy Blazer, like a 1972 Chevy Blazer, the full liftoff roof style. And I said, you know what? It's raining. It's crappy. I can do this at the kitchen table in the camper. So I picked it up, and I started building it, and I brought it home, and I was all excited, and next thing I knew, I had finished a model kit for the first time in years. So I said, hey, um, I'm going to get back into this. So I bought a little desk, or my wife, Deb, bought a little desk, put it in the living room, and I've been building like crazy ever since. I probably built, you know, I haven't built a kit in years, and I've probably built five or six in the past couple of months. Yeah, the last one I finished was probably... mm, Probably two years ago, I built the what's the oh it's Heller. It was a British company. It's Heller. Oh yeah, the little nine sixty two. Yeah, one forty third scale nine sixty two with the Kenwood livery. Right, it was real, real simple. So one forty third. I actually being... built it like the I started like the Friday after Thanksgiving because I had the day off and I had nothing to do. I was home alone with the dog. Yep, and it was kind of cold outside, so I built it. I think in the entire weekend. I think it was. I was trying to build it in one day and see if I could do it. It was a simple enough kit, but right. it ended up taking me the whole weekend. Yeah, painting and stuff. Yeah, ruins that. Yeah. So we started with the U.S. kits, which what got me back into it again this time. So mm-hmm. along the same cycle, uh, and then as we got older and the internet became more of a force in everybody's life, we had access to all the cool Japanese stuff that we didn't know about. Well, yeah. it was more like in '98 when. 
Gran Turismo, the first oh, Gran Turismo up. opened our eyes to the stuff, and then we also realized that hey, they make models. Oh, that's of all right, right, right. Stuff. No, I think I, I think it was definitely no. We were definitely into Tamaya stuff before because the local hobby shop started carrying carrying Tamaya stuff. Oh, your last chance hobby shop. Yeah, in Salem. Yeah. Yep. And they would order Tamaya stuff for us too. And this was back when Tamaya models were only like twenty bucks. We thought that was a lot less. of money. It was a lot of money. Because the Revel kit was nine. Exactly. But when you built a Tamaya kit, uh, see, we we say Tamaya. Some people say Tamiya, but we say Tamiya. 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 We say Tamiya. Doesn't matter. Potato, potato. But when you picked up one of those kits, especially at the time, it was mind blowing how nice it went together. The joke was you could pick up the box and shake it, and the model would get built yep. inside the box. And I built a bunch of Tamiya kits early on. And I, it just hooked me on Japanese kits. I was yep. like, these are the best kits in the world. Like, no doubt. It really set our whole mind to Japanese cars. That and that the Gran Turismo, Turismo series are really what... That's a totally... We'll have to cover that in a different episode yeah, of the whole Gran Turismo Video thing, game topic. Video game topic. But, uh, yeah, Japanese model kits really pushed us towards the Japanese well, it did, world of cars. Think, think about what I was driving, what you know you were driving yet, because you're a couple years younger than I. Yeah. Um, but I had a 1985 Oldsmobile Cutlass Supreme Coupe. Mm-hmm. It was cool. I loved it. You know, it was. It looked like a 60s muscle car, even though it was dog slow. And I had my 1968 Camaro at the time, and I yep. had no interest in buying a Japanese car um, until we started playing those games and building these model cars. Yep. And next thing you know, I was buying an Eagle Talon. Yep. And that's the whole reason for it, which is obviously a Mitsubishi Eclipse. I wouldn't have known what they were. I wouldn't have known what an all-wheel drive turbo car was. I wouldn't have known... Anything about anything. I wouldn't have bought one that. if you didn't have one. People thought it was weird that you'd buy the same car as your friend. I was like, it's hmm, not weird. No, we learned how to work on them together. Yeah, you're not car people. You don't get it. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> That's a whole other topic too. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's 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 the model cars and and putting the Japanese model cars together, where we kind of learned about Japanese cars and how they went together and how good they were and how much we were missing by driving nothing but mid-80s American cars, yeah. which were pretty much mid-60s American cars, yeah. just with a different body on them. Not much yeah. changed. You know, I, I always laugh. It was the same for the kits. The kits didn't change in the 60s. No, it's very... American yeah. model kits. Yeah, that's true. And now they're finally starting to catch up with, I think... Uh, Some of the new stuff coming out is really good. It kind of started in the, in the early 2000s. Yeah. Um, going back, like, actually, I think one of the better kits that came out in the early 2000s was the, the C5 Corvette kit. Yeah, actually. The Z06. From, yeah, from Ravel Monogram, which... Bringing it all back. Yeah. So I had I had that kit, and I think I messed up the body or something. Painted, that's, probably. What we, that's what we did back then. We didn't really know what we were doing. Yeah. And so, so now I really want to go find that kit again. It's probably on eBay for like 10 bucks. More than likely. Yeah. And maybe I'll rebuild that. It's probably one in my basement. I definitely have a couple extra like Z06 kits, but I don't have the Z0. I don't have the... Sorry, I couple C5 extra kits. C5 Corvette kits. I just don't have the Z06 one. I know there's a C5 Corvette sitting over there. Or yeah, maybe I have I... at least three or four myself. I'm not yeah. even a Corvette person. No. That just yeah. kind of explains our model kit buying fetish. Yeah. It's stupid. Yeah, that that's the thing. Then it became, I would just, you start just cruising eBay for weird Japanese kits. Obscure stuff. Obscure kits. And it used to not be popular. Actually, you know what? Even before eBay, the best thing was when we went to car shows with our parents when they had flea markets because you used to be able to buy model kits at car show flea markets. Yep. I hardly ever see them anymore. Yep. Well, we don't go to many flea markets anymore. No, but like 
We remember you used to be able to go buy Japanese kits for super cheap at those places because people didn't want them. Nobody wanted them. Yeah, like there are a line of. We're going to get real nerdy with these. There are a line of Fujimi kits. called The Inch Up series? No, the Enthusiast Oh, the Enthusiast kits series, yeah. That actually have, like, pistons. Yep. And they have a whole line of, like, Porsche 911s. Yes. And, and 356s. And 356s. And I remember buying... And I bought a... the So I bought a 70... I think it's a 72 Carrera RS kit. It's a 27 Carrera, I think. 27 Carrera? But yeah. It's a 72? I don't know if you yeah, can see it from here. I can't see it from, see from here. here, no. I can. Can you see it? Yeah, I don't se- want to turn se- around 74 Carrera. Right. Yeah, 74 Carrera. So yeah. it's green on the box. Yep. I think I paid 20 bucks for that kit. Which was like a $75 kit. Yeah. And you it's know, probably a $75 kit today. To put it into perspective, the average Ravel AMD kit probably had 100 parts. Yeah. And this probably had 400 parts. These enthusiast kits are known to be ridiculously Very fiddly. Very fiddly. And, like, I really... I. I enjoy building like the chat. Like the the hardest part is painting the damn body. Let's face it. Yep. The, the really enjoyable part is putting together the chassis, putting together the interior. But then you always fuck up the body. Right. <laughs> Which like, is why I, I have it. changed my ways of building over the years. I do the body first. Yep. So I don't spend all my time doing the underside of the car. Well, that was another step forward in tech. Was when our local hobby shop started carrying the Tamaya synthetic lacquer paint in a spray can. Yes. That was like holy shit. Tester's enamel spray paint is garbage. Sucks. Yeah, it's garbage. And yeah, suddenly it was this really thin, really nice paint that sprayed out beautifully. And uh, suddenly that that was when I started finishing a lot more kits. It was easier to paint them. It was easier to paint them. Yeah. And we've since moved on from that to airbrushes. Yeah, I just recently I got an airbrush. Yep. I started. I've been stalled. Sorry, we're kind of jumping around on kits a bit. I, it's a hard topic to keep going on because yeah. each kit. I mean, you, you talk about cars. We, yeah. we can only own a few cars. Yeah. You talk about model kits. We have thousands of them because we're idiots. I have probably like right now where we're sitting. There's probably seventy to if, if eighty sitting behind no, me. If there's more than a hundred. There's more than a hundred. It's got to be. It's got to be. Yeah, and it's funny because a lot of them I bought way less than what they're worth, yep. and it's one. It's one thing. I never really buy anything to speculate on that it's going to go up in value, but it's cool when something you like that you buy anyway does. Yeah, so yeah. a lot of these kits have actually gone up in value. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, some of the early Tamiya stuff from the early '90s, especially the race cars that you know they, they lost a license on a livery yeah. or lost a license on a car and they can't make them anymore. You'll see them on eBay for a hundred, two hundred, sometimes even more. Yeah, for a kit that you know you paid twenty five dollars for or less fifteen years ago that's I just mean, still sitting in your basement. Occasionally, still, you walk into there. We do have a really good local hobby shop in Peabody. Yes. Uh, was it Northeast Trains? Yeah, Northeast Trains, yep. And Dave, that's another thing that hobby shop guys are always named Dave for yeah. some reason. Three of them around here were. Yeah. So that guy's still around. Um, if you live, if you're anywhere in Massachusetts, the North Shore, you should definitely visit Northeast Trains and go see Dave. Because they have a rotating collection in there, too. Yep. A lot of times they'll buy, you know, an older person, you know, will get sick or will pass away and. Somebody will sell him a whole collection, yep. and the, and he doesn't mark them up to whatever eBay prices are. No. He sells them for no, five, I, ten bucks a box to a, blow them out of there. Yeah, I bought a couple of kits that are worth way more for, for, for yeah. cheaper. And again, he's, he's not, I mean, he's in it to make money because it's business, yeah. but he's in it to enjoy oh, the hobby. money on them, yeah. Yeah, he's in it to, he's in it to enjoy the hobby. And, uh, so I, I bought a, F40, a Fujimi F40, which Fujimi is... Um, the 124 scale one? Yep. I was going to say, because the big one. 
Yeah, the, it's like a five hundred dollar kit now. Yeah, uh, but I bought a one twenty four scale. It yeah. was the the Monty Shell F forty Le Mans race car. Yeah, um, but it was the kit, and it came with a set of decals, and it came with a set of photo etch, which is a whole like small little detail thing for model cars, uh, like an aftermarket company that makes parts for model cars, which is a huge industry, surprisingly. Yep. Um, but the decal set is worth $17 or so, and the photo etch set is worth $25, and the model kit is worth $45, $50, and I bought the whole package of all three of them for like 17 bucks. Yeah. I actually bought, it's probably from the same collection, I bought a C5 Corvette race car kit. It came with the extra decals yep. and the, the photo etch. Yep, the yellow yeah. one. It's down here on the shelf behind me. And it had, I believe it's got decals from a company called Scale Motorsport, which is local to us, yes. down in Connecticut. Yep. We met that owner, that guy. Yeah, Matt something? Something. He. My main takeaway is that he looks like Jamie from Mythbusters. Yes. He wears a beret. I mean, almost like a, like he's a cosplay. Stunt double. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jamie. But, yeah, so. Um, yeah, there is a whole, you know, the whole, that's a whole topic, too, the aftermarket parts industry for model cars. Yeah. I mean, you have your AMTs, your Avells, your Monograms, your Tamayas that make the model kits. So. And then you have companies that make yeah. the photo wedge details and the decal packages and custom wheels and custom tires. and I mean, you could literally remortgage your house with the amount of stuff yeah. you can buy for model cars. So we missed the local show that was in October, right? Again. Again. We always forget about it. Yeah. You know, put it on a Google calendar or something. And now there's a new – there's the one that was usually in the spring that for it's, MassCar it, yeah, is going to be different. Ma- MassCar is the local model car club. Yeah, um, there's two of them around here. There's Mascar and Classic Plastic, yep. and they both put on their own shows. Um, as car enthusiasts, if you haven't been to a model car car show, you should probably should check it out. Yeah, it's it, it might not be your thing, but it's a cool aspect of car culture just to see it once. Yeah, um, we're giant model car nerds. We enjoy going to them. We bring models to them. We compete in them. But that's just us. I've got a bunch of trophies when I was a teenager. I was a pretty good builder. Yes, as a teen. Yeah, as adults, we're kind of yeah, average. We're, we're, yeah, middle of the road. But I've still taken home a couple of awards, not to pat myself on the back. Um, anyway, it's an interesting subculture of automotive enthusiasm. The people are completely different from the ones that you'll see at, a mall, at an actual car show. Uh, maybe they're, not, they're pretty yeah. close. They just maybe because I've been to so many of a them. A lot I of them are into big scale cars. Well, there they are, and and the shows that are during the good weather, they have a little car show in the parking lot usually. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's a cool place to go, and all of them always have a flea market. Yep. So you can usually find some old kits there, too, or old die casts, if die cast is your thing, which we also collect because car nerds. Yeah. That's a whole other one, too. We'll have to save that. Yeah. Um, let's see. The kit. Uh, oh, I was starting to talk about the kit that I was stalled on, or I'm still stalled on. i got to finish it. Maybe I'll put it away and try something else. Mustang. I've got a Mustang IMSA car from the 80s. With the motocraft livery and everything. Yeah, and three-tone blue. Three-tone blue. And the problem is, not only does it require three-tone uh, painting, it required a lot of flash removal, which is when the plastic comes out of the molds. It's got those little ribs on the edges where the two molds meet. Extra plastic. Extra plastic. molds have worn out a little bit. Yeah, and American kits are known to just be very, have a lot of flash sometimes. They're less precise. But yes, exactly. So they're just... Require a lot of prep work, or else it doesn't look very good. Yeah, think about when you make a waffle when you close the waffle. Yeah, iron, exactly. That extra waffle exactly. Bat- batter that goes over. And the edge, you the know, flash. this kit—it's a race car, so it has a cage. And the way I like to do that is I'll actually clean up all the 
edges of the roll cage and then I'll assemble it as just bare plastic and glue it together. And then I like to paint it all as one piece. So basically like a real car, the way you yep. assemble a cage. But anyway, I'm trying to finish that. Maybe I'll take a break from it. You should, because you have plenty of other ones to try. I do have plenty of other kits. and that's Make something what was, simple. That's what I was going to ask you. I was like, do you want to challenge me to finish a kit? Sure. What's something we both have? I can do that. I don't know. You tell me, because you're looking at my collection. I am. I'm, and I'm not looking at yours. So. I am. Well, I see you have the Tamiya Skyline GTR, the 1969, or 1970, whatever you yep. use. I have that. We could build that. The Hakasuka GTR. Hakasuka GTR. Um, any mired of your Subaru and Brezza WRX kits? Um, we'll have to talk about this off air. Does not make an interesting topic right now. No, but uh, yeah, we should do that, and uh, we'll put it out there what kit we decide. And if anybody who listens has built kits and has built it, send us some pictures. Yep, we'd love to see it. You know, what I do want to get back to is the um, I've got a large scale Lamborghini uh, Countach. Yes, Fujimi. Yeah, Fujimi. One sixteenth scale. One sixteenth scale. Yeah, big car. Big scale car. Interesting kit because it it was supposed to be motorized, and so I'm not motorizing obviously because that's it's not RC. It just has a motor, so you'd run it until it's smashed uh, into a wall and broken. Yeah, into uh, it's really weird. Yeah, it's I don't bizarre. know, it was the 80s, whatever. But yeah, so I I, I got to get back to finishing that car. I think I stalled on what color I wanted to paint yeah, it. Yeah, I think you should start with something small to get back into it. I, I should start with project. something small and simple, and that's not a race car. It doesn't require a huge amount of decaling. Correct. I can literally just paint it yep. and put it together. Yeah, we'll talk about this off the air, but we'll we'll do a building challenge, and we'll put it up there. And if anybody wants to build something, then... Yeah, if they have a similar kit, they can yeah, build along, build along with us, and we'll post progress pics. That'd yep. be kind of cool. That would be kind of fun. Um, anything else? I think I'm good today. Yeah, I think we're coming up on uh, 50 minutes. That kind of feels like a good yeah, yeah. Uh, length for us. Hopefully next week I'll have some more project car updates. Mm-hmm. I should have some parts for the brown Colt. Mm-hmm. I should have that fuel pressure regulator for the white Starion, mm-hmm. which is a big project. Yep. Um, I still got to finish welding in floors and welding in rocker panels and welding in frame rails. It's a lot of welding. So it's a lot of welding. So there'll be a lot of updates, hopefully. It's going to take that welding class. It is a good thing I took a welding class, yes. Because you're going to learn, you're going to get a lot of practice. <laughs> yeah, a lot of practice. Well, your father has a pair of welders, or one welder, because he's holding sold to Joe. Okay. Um, and since he unfortunately had his... Yeah, he's got a pacemaker. So he's got he a pacemaker. Be, he can't weld. Yeah, he can't be around it. So, so he can be around it. He just can't touch it. He can, oh. be, he can be there when it's happening. Oh, he can watch it? He can watch it. He, he can stand there. He just can't, can't risk I, having any shock go through his body. Yeah, because it probably sort of grounds through you somehow or something. Or uh, it's not, it's not good with the pacemaker, and yeah. my 1984 Starion is not worth his life. <laughs> so I think I will be doing the welding. Yeah. Um, but it'll be good because I took that welding course last yeah. winter, um, and your father has some experience welding. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I'm not I'm not going to sit here say that I'm the world's best welder because I'm not. I'm still very amateur. Uh, but it'll be a great way to to really get in there and and learn better techniques and hopefully make the car whole again yeah i gotta um i gotta practice that welder a little bit learn Which how to do it you're more than welcome to come over and help weld the yep. stereo back yep. together yep yep definitely gotta learn how it's a, it's a good skill to have with all these old rusty cars we've got yes so as far as business goes yeah. um got the... vintage imports of new england or vine 
We have two eBay sales ending tomorrow or today when you're listening to this, if you're listening to it on Thanksgiving Day. Probably should not have scheduled them on eBay to end on Thanksgiving Day. Maybe I should have because people won't be working. Mm. I don't know. I regretted it afterwards. The original plan was to have it end while we recorded, but I blew it. So we could kind of live broadcast Live broadcast it. Yeah. Oh, as live as you can in the podcast. Yeah. So uh, my 1979 Honda Accord, one owner car, and my 1979 Toyota Cressida, also a 75,000 mile car, mm-hmm. very low mileage, are both ending today, later in the day. Um, today being Thursday, Thanksgiving Day. Yep. I don't know the date, whatever the date is. That's um, the 24th. 24th. This yes. year, 2016. Um, both those end tomorrow, so we'll be interested to see where those go. Uh, hopefully, they both sell because bills got to get paid. <laughs> So you can well, check those. They're, they're nice cars. They they're, should, they're, they're very nice cars. They're very, they're very nice, nice cars. cars. And, and I, they got to go to somebody will definitely appreciate it when they get the yeah, car. That Honda is really cool because it's, it's got the super nice. The C CVCC CVCC engine it's a cylinder head and the weird two speed two speed semi automatic semi automatic. Yeah, it's like Honda's version of a Power Glide. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't shift itself. There's no solenoids. Nope. nope. So it's got a torque converter and it's got a fully automated wonder... shifting mechanism, but you have to mechanically or manually move the lever from one to two. Didn't Honda do an automatic motorcycle? In the early 80s, they did, yeah. Oh, okay. I was wondering which came first. Maybe it was based the, on the Oh, the tech. car definitely came first. Huh. Yeah. I wonder if they based that tech on that. I have no idea, because the motorcycle Interesting. shifted itself, I Weird. think. didn't. I, I, I don't know. I could be wrong. I've never owned an automatic, Honda-matic 400 motorcycle. Yeah, it's very bizarre. Yeah. And actually, I think they did some automatic... Um, gold wings too. That makes more. I could see that in a gold yeah, wing, a big the cruiser bike like that. Motorcycles, a gigantic motorcycle, huge. So anyway, you can check those cars out at uh, vintageimportsne.com or the Instagram page is the same, uh, vintageimportsne or on Facebook. Just on Facebook. search it. Yep. yep. Uh, my personal Instagram again is tsiss three five zero, where all of my scale car project pictures get put up and real car project pictures mm-hmm. and occasionally throw a bone to the family and put family pictures yep. up. There is a, if you're interested, there's a Tumblr called Scale Project Cars yes. that I did. I was taking pictures of the kits and just kind of posting what was inside some of the kits. Unbuilt kits. Unbuilt kits. Because people, fi- people find that interesting, actually. Um, they want to see what's inside these kits and what the decals look like. Yep. Uh, I haven't updated that in a long time, but it does exist. Uh, you can follow Auto Off Topic on Instagram, on Facebook. Uh, again, corrections, uh, omissions, anything we got wrong, you just want to talk to us, you can email me at... General auto- comments and concerns. General comments. Email me at autooftopic at gmail.com. Uh, you can follow my Instagram page, which is at Race and Anger. Uh, don't really do anything with Twitter. No, me either. No. You should probably. Nah, it's like... A- can't get into it. I, I need to do it for the business. Yeah. For the vintage imports, I probably shouldn't yeah. have one. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't. But, I don't know. But I will. Eventually. All right, then. Uh, have a good Thanksgiving if you're listening to this. If you're listening to it after Thanksgiving, I hope you enjoyed your Thanksgiving. Yeah. I hope you ate a lot of turkey. and Have some leftover turkey. That's right. Um, so um, that's it. That's it. Keep your cars analog. Excellent. <laughs>